This episode is brought to you by Extinet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Extinet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber-neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations, relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country, with services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Extinet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit extinet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T.com. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues. Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. Sports stadiums and large public venues come in all shapes and sizes. Some have domes, some have natural grass fields, some have banked concrete ovals where cars drive fast. While no two stadiums may be perfectly alike, there's one thing that all stadiums today have in common, a reliance on technology. This is the Stadium Tech Report podcast, where we talk to people on both ends of the stadium technology equation, including the stadium technology teams who deploy it and use it, and the vendors and service providers who supply it. I'm Paul Kapuska, editor of the Stadium Tech Report and your host, on the Stadium Tech Report podcast. While there are still many venues where you still need to pay cash to park your car, thanks to innovators like Park Hub CEO George Baker Sr., those places are becoming fewer and farther between. Baker, who founded Park Hub in 2010, in part to bring digital innovation to the venue parking market, has built the company into something much more than its original pay-for-parking app. Park Hub now powers the back end of hundreds of venue parking operations and has expanded into adjacent fields like national parks and campgrounds. Listen in as we talk to George Baker about the company's recent 100 million funding round, which according to George will help enable the next level of innovation in venue parking and associated payments processing. I'd like to welcome our guest today, George Baker Sr. from Park Hub. George, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. Sure. Um, you know, as here at Stadium Tech Report and previously at our mobile sports report home, we've been following Park Hub, you know, for quite a long time. And, you know, the latest news, which I want to touch on just briefly and quickly, is part of this. Um, you know, you guys got some investment money. So tell us, you know, just real quickly of the high points. We can dig into the details later. But, you know, what is the news of the day? Yeah, we've been tracking together and talking, you know, I think 2014-15. Today here to kind of highlight our new partnership with LLL Partners out of Philadelphia. It is a growth investment round providing kind of capital in kind of four specific areas. One is a recapitalization. As mentioned, you've been tracking for a long time. So provided kind of liquidity back out to the, to the early shareholder base that supported and got Park Hub to where we are today. That's great. 
but the primary use of the capital is 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 continue to invest in the into the uh, existing platform as we service with through our core end market. Dadia being kind of our most specific longest tenured client base. Additionally, to invest into the payments opportunity as parking and Stadia begins the digital transformation that we're all seeing. And then kind of the third or the fourth piece for M&A capital. So acquisitions, tuck-ins or bolt-ons or larger scale, but nonetheless, tangential complementary software or hardware that services our current client base in market or as we continue to expand, and I think we'll probably get into some of that a little bit here later, right. but the new in-markets in which we're servicing. Great. Well, we will dig into this, but um, first, for a lot of our listeners, I think it'd be helpful if you backtrack just a little bit and go back and you know just talk a little bit Genesis story here. You know, what's What was the company's inception? What was the original idea? Did you have a bad parking experience? <laughs> I mean, um, and... and and, you know, what did you do or, or just, you know, real sort of like the maybe the few minute history. But I mean, I know there were some experiments along the way, but, you know, what what was what was the start? What was the thought of it? One important place to start kind of the wasn't an overnight success. Right. This is the, I founded the business in 2011. So we're at we're at kind of going on 11 years. Right. Wow. Specifically began the business uh, and pivoted uh, along the way, both. From uh, kind of business model in market in which we're serving, started out as a B to C, moved to a B to B, now delivering in a subscription based model. Always with the with the mission to optimize the world's journeys, and mm, yeah. that was kind of born out of the frustration which I had prior to founding the business um, in 2011. So I was a, I was an operator. So um, I was I've been in the parking industry 14 years prior on the operation service management side. For a Dallas-based company, Parking Company of America, oh, yeah. and kind of on the law at the tail end of my my tenureship there, um, I was running corporate development. So I was tasked with underwriting assets. It, it was it was problematic because again, back in two thousand seven, eight, nine, it was you, you can't manage what you can't measure, and the um, <laughs> the parking industry is transacted. Eh, Primarily in cash, specifically through my my uh, my uh, from two thousand three to 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 this point. It was people um, with aprons taking five dollar bills, aprons, and $10 bills shoving it in, shoving it in, and it might fall window. out, might go in their pocket. <laughs> uh, there's between twenty to thirty percent just kind of leakage for the cash handling, right? And and that that's not necessarily theft; it's mismanagement. So managing uh, parking assets and and the aprons, perforated, sequentially numbered tickets uh, for audit checks. These are getting put into uh, analog manual cashier shift reports. Ultimately, oh getting rolled up into an Excel spreadsheet that then circul- circulated the organization via email uh, after action reporting. And so I I had this this idea of like well. Let's di- begin to digitize the transaction set, right? Sure. Cash transactions, prepaid transactions. At that time in Dallas, Texas, where we're headquartered, um, Dallas was this hotbed mecca for sports entertainment. So oh, again, yes. found in 2011, back-to-back World Series from our, our baseball team, Texas Rangers. Dallas Mavericks win an NBA championship. The uh, AT&T Stadium was erected just earlier to this. Post the 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 Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl that year, lots of sports, 
And nonetheless, I was able to kind of prove out fan the patron was was willing to buy in advance for peace of mind, uh, for knowing before they go. And I was able to move the inventory, right? So again, right. B2C model, I would search and purchase reservation engine. I was able to, to team up with ticket brokers and bundle the parking. Nice. Again, with tickets or uh, put in ads in Craigslist. Nonetheless, it was an eyeball game. There were a bunch of other um, technology businesses, Spot Hero, ParkWiz, Park Mobile, that all kind of got into that. I realized that wasn't a. I didn't have anything novel, and, and, and but I was on to solving the digitization and, and, and revenue capture, and began to put yield management and dynamic pricing around the inventory set. And so I was get, able to get two to ten percent penetration, and as were the other. Sure. Quickly understanding in my operational background uh, in the parking lots was well, hey we need to open this up to all the sales channel, like omni-channel is really about the authentication on site and unifying that workflow on the parking attendant side. So that's when I pivoted. This is now 2014. Right. I pivoted to a B2B uh, model. I had relationships in the Dallas market because I had managed Southern Methodist University on the athletic side. I'd managed uh, American Airlines and, and, and the former Cowboy Stadium. So I was able to kind of go get buy-in and wet wallet test the idea of technology out in the parking lot. And at that time in Stadia, sports entertainment, the secondary ticket market was so large on the ticketing side that the venues prospectively didn't necessarily know who was in their venue, right? Uh, yeah. Definitely. In, in, in 2014, 15, 16. And so uh, by offering credit card out in the parking lot, one, it solved a, a cash leakage problem, but it also kind of gave sales and marketing team a new card on file. Right. right? You had a name and a number of who exactly. was actually there. Right. Yes. As opposed to a, a 2000 block of John Doe that purchased all the tickets, then put them out on StubHub or SeatGeek right. at that time was a, a secondary exchange. So that that's how we got into the stadia world in the parking lots by providing operational tools that drove not only uh, revenue, but operational value enhanced guest customer experience. I don't need to say this, but I'll state this, but parking is kind of the first and last impression at these yes. venues. Yes. Um, and and so you, you get out. Yeah, exactly. So we were this lever for things that were to follow. The system is uh, API driven, open standards. And, and so we circulate our data set to all stakeholders uh, within the, the, our client base. And so uh, and we, we might get into some of that a little bit later, but that's kind of genesis and, and where we got to, to where we are today. Well, that's great. Um, you know, and, and it was interesting as I watched the company sort of evolve and grow, you know, past and beyond that period. You know, there were other things happening. There was national parks. There was camping. There was, um, you know, some of these, I, I guess, what you call you know, um, related businesses. But I mean. It, it just it seems to make sense, right? You you had built up the infrastructure, and now it's like, well, hey, these people need it too. I mean, we we see it ourselves, right? We cover stadiums mostly, but you know, convention centers, airports, other places have the same problems, and it, it strikes me that your business found um, you know opportunities in a similar fashion. Absolutely, yeah. So so same product, different use case, right? So our need is is fast, reliable, easy to use technology in no lack of infrastructure or no infrastructure environments. So the same problems that a state and a national park has around 
yield management of a camp spot is no different than that of a parking operator with a par- with a a parking lot and spaces, right? Right. Which is the same, you know, the same issues that that exist at in uh, beaches or marinas, right? It's no infrastructure, and you've got uh, people coming into an area. Same issue that another market is ski resorts, right? So you oh, yeah. can actually understand predictive uh, and prescriptive analytics. How many people are on the on the mountain top by understanding the load of the parking lot at the at, at oh completely yeah. So. Right. And, and you learn a lot of things, too, because I know that there's other I mean, there's there's whole businesses that are trying to start up now. Like, um, you know, they use cameras to predict traffic flow and foot flow. But yep. to your point, bringing your car, driving there is is the in and out thing. Right. It's like, did they leave early? What happened? And, and yep. I, I'm just the, the data must be amazing that, that you can start to harvest from having an automated digital system. It, it really is. So it went from a line of sight to transact on any of these, whether you're choosing your camp spot or whether you're trying to find your parking lot as you're on your way to your venue. It's always been an afterthought. And what, what we have done and with, with partners is now allowed the fan, the consumer, the camper to, to buy geocentrically, right? Uh, on proximity right. price and, and you know maybe loyalty or feedback. When we come back, we'll talk about ParkHub's new investment round and what it means to the company's future. More with George Baker after the break. This episode is brought to you by Extinet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Extinet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber-neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country, with services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Extinet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit extinet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T dot com. If you like our show, why not take a minute now to subscribe? to make sure you don't miss another great episode. Simply go wherever you look for fine podcasts and search for Stadium Tech Report. We can be found on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and on SoundCloud. You should also visit our website at stadiumtechreport.com and sign up for our email newsletter, where you will find links to all our past podcast episodes, as well as all the breaking news, analysis, and commentary that will tell you all you ever need to know about the stadium technology marketplace. Let's dig in a little bit now to the to the new investment because it strikes me, you know, as we follow the story, this you know it makes a lot more sense because initially I saw the number, I was like, wow, did, you know, did, is George flying a Lear? You know, did he just sell <laughs> out? But it's not that, right? There's there's different opportunities here, and you mentioned one of them earlier which is just the payment processing space. And yes. it, it strikes me that you guys have your own operation because we've seen some consolidation in, in the field, right? And yep. it boils down to the transaction is, you know, I, I think of the Venue Next deal, right? You had this company that was like born out of venture capitalism. They were going to take over the world on apps and, you know, th- then they got bought up. Now the app is free as long yeah. as you take the transaction services from the company <laughs> that bought them. So, um, you know, it, it 
strikes me that once again you're finding the value here as you you know as you go along in your lifespan. Yeah, I'll go back and, and mention where where our, our added value early days was, and that's displacing the cash because of the uh, leakage nature and being able to understand and measure throughput velocity measure, loading right. of a parking lot, right? And so you can begin to measure that. In all of these in markets, whether that's camping or, or skiing or, or amusement or stadia, these are destinations in which there is cash cannibalization occurring, which ca- cash cannibalization meaning they were once historically transacted, purchased in cash, and now it's moving digital. So they've been heavy, heavy customer experience. And, right. and now they're moving into fan experience by way of mobile applications or a digital experience that then is able to, to your other point, get rich, rich data from the from the from the the fan, the patron, mm-hmm. and then also remove all of the friction in which they once had transacting, transitioning into, moving into, right? And then experiencing. And when you're able to kind of eliminate those friction pain points um, and then allow the the individual to get in and experience, have a good, pleasant experience, what you end up finding um, is they spend more money and their, and their satisfaction scores are the same, right? yes. or increasing, I mean. Or better, and, right. And, in, 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 in my world for, for parking, and now we're going to go into a, a CBD and a, in, in a commercial setting for office facilities, once measured fan experience is translated into employee morale, right? In, instead of money, dollars being spent, it's it's productivity, right? right. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's really exciting for us to be able to provide products and tools that not only drive value back to our client but but overall into the to the greater collaboration of of commerce it's it's truly effective and so having this additional funding allows you to to sort of take those things and you might not have been able to do on your own right you can sort of experiment with things you can you can sort of you know sandbox things say hey here's another you know thing that can be disintermediated as they say and, Absolutely. And now you have the tools and the resources to go after that. Since day one, uh, actually, since the transition in fourteen to B two B, we've delivered our product, as I mentioned, on a software subscription base. Right. Flat fee doesn't matter if you're doing one transaction or a, a million transactions. You've right? got the system. You've got the system, and what that ends up doing uh, is bringing user generated feedback. And that comes in two different ways. One, it comes from the sales side. Hey, I would buy this thing if it did X, Y, Z, right? Or mm-hmm. comes from the existing client side on customer support or the account management that says, what if, could you know, couldn't do this or this or this? Or Because they're always uh, asking how, how they can improve. Right. So kind of go into our innovation process, right? And so it comes from, it goes through conjecture, like, hey, this is what it needs to be. And then we go through experimentation on properly building it, right? Right. And then that builds a result, and the result then ends up becoming a product. Or the result says, hey, this actually isn't benefiting, beneficial for the entire system. So um, when we do that and we push an update, the, the update that maybe the Dallas Cowboys asked for, is it, and they end up getting it, then service serve, ends, ends up serving the benefit of, the San Francisco 49ers right. or the Seattle Mariners or Powder Resorts, which is the ski resort or uh, yeah. the state of New York campground facilities, right? And so 
what that ends up looking like from a business standpoint is we've got uh, over 130% net economic retention, which is absolutely absurd on a, on a not absurd, which is absolutely awesome for a for a subscription. It's it's a it's really high economic recapture. They're buying more of our product, right. not only not only of the single product, but additional products that we're able to sell into them. Right, and so, it, and, it's, and it gives them a reason not to leave too. Right, and it's like yeah. when you have that, and and, and uh, I mean, because I've seen this before. I think Yinscam uh, has done this before with the Stadium app, uh, a business they they run sort of a similar thing and. You know, if the Cowboys ask for something, the Niners may have never thought of that, yeah. but then they get the benefit of it. It's like, hey, this is great. You know, we'll we'll use this or we won't use that or, you know, and then you can start to compare different stadiums, different parking lots. I mean, you know, I, I know places like, you know, you look at um, SoFi Stadium, right, which just opened up. The parking situation there is completely different than, say, U.S. Bank Stadium, right? Yeah. There's no parking at all. So, Both clients, by the way, Paul. Did, did, did I know that? I didn't know that. I just guessed. Totally guessed. <laughs> so then some of the funding will help with that, too. But what about on the on the management side and the leadership side? Uh, you know, Clearly, you're going to be taking some board members now. Um, you, you know, When you met these people, what, what about them said, you know, this is a good fit? Great question. I'll start with track record, right? Mm-hmm. Their ability to grow both organically and inorganically right beside their port codes. And they do this, uh, they call it a, a, a VCT team. It's their value creation team. And think of this as consultative services that come from the equity partner that we don't have to pay for, right? But th- right. That, is, that is aligned with the overarching, one, market best practices, but interest for the growth of the business in the right way. And, and you know, because sometimes you get growth capital and it's jeopardizing customer experience or or you're jeopardizing the satisfaction of the client for dollar. This is all, all mutually aligned. Right. So, they want they want a big number and nothing else. This you know, this strikes right. me as something much different. It's way exactly. To that point, kind of for the first time in in, in the business, we're able to, we've got a longer term outlook. We've had several discussions over the years. Uh, I had three rounds of funding, uh, Series C, until we exited the business and took to LLR. Uh, and every time I raised my Series A, I raised my Series B, I raised my C, it was a finite amount of capital to execute on the business plan in which I had just sold. Right. right. It, it was literally to get me to the next lookout point. And then it, this is this is very very different. Yeah, I mean, it, it strikes me. It's almost like you, you've created sort of almost. Uh... You know, I have a long history of covering VCs, so it's almost like a targeted fund that you have now in this space. And you know, I, I'm I'm sure there's plenty of you know interesting little startups. I mean, you can talk about the the camping one. I mean, you know, people who are out solving the point problems, and then as they move up, it's like, well, you need a bigger ecosystem, right? And yep. it strikes me that puts you guys is at a spot where, you know. But like clearly, you want to make acquisitions. You want to go find these things. So it, it's it's a really different. It's going to be a really different life cycle for the company now, won't it? So so we were very successful in, in a creative M and A strategy. So uh, since 2019, we've bought four four different businesses. But the one that it, one that you mentioned actually timely completed um, in in the summer of 2021, being Bonfire, 
So Bonfire is our campground recreation uh, brand software that, you know, when COVID hit in our stadia world, kind of a core in market, 60% of our revenue, 60% of the platform transaction literally shut down overnight. Yeah. And <laughs> literally. Uh, we all remember uh, the pain. <laughs> right? Guess where people went? Camping. They went out. They went outside. Exactly. They went to, they went camping. We were, we were able to grow in 2020 uh, at 40%. In prior years, 14, 15, 16, 17, wow. up to 19, great. we were growing at over, up, as high as 185%, uh, but generally about 120 year over year. So uh, I say all that to say when the world did shut down, I was able to repoint my my resources, sales and marketing team specifically, right. uh, at this at this area in which was active and vibrant, and to that point needed cash out of the system. Right? Oh my god! Uh, I, I, <laughs> I still remember going to campgrounds and going to trailheads and, you know, putting a cash into the little envelope and putting it down an iron pipe. And you're like, where the, where does that go? (laughs) Does the bear come by and do the accounting? I mean, literally sometimes they have like trunks, like literally like trunks with padlocks on them with like a split and you're you're dropping it. It's like like a treasure chest. Like I thought parking was bad with apron. Take it all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so, yes. Well, that's good. That actually answers another question I had was what happened to you guys during the pandemic? But it was, you know, clearly a pretty smart move. You're able to keep revenues coming in. You're able to keep people um, busy and occupied, which, you know, is still people are still having problems getting getting ramped up and, you know, getting back up to speed just from a, a resources standpoint. When we come back, it's time to gaze at the crystal ball see what's ahead in the world of stadium technology innovation. More with George Baker after the break. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues? Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. Let's let's go crystal ball for a, a little while here. Okay. And now you have some time. You can sit back and think um, for like 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty amazing to me just when I think like there's no innovation or nothing's going to happen. You know, new things happen like the in concessions, the walkthrough stores. I mean, I, I really didn't think that technology was ever primetime stuff. And and now you've got them, you know, multiplying. And I, I think that's going to be another huge area, you know, with the cameras coming down. Oh, yeah. What, what do you, you know, what, what do you see from the areas where you're at, you know, specifically parking? I mean, it's it's better, but it can still get better, right? You, oh. you know, reserve a spot ahead of time. If you're telling me I, can reserve a spot that's close to the stadium. Uh, I'm 100 percent more likely to go to the event. So, what what do you see? You know, what's what are things that are still out there that you might be looking at or targeting? Or yeah, the industry? I mean, ult- yeah, I mean, ultimately, Paul, if you want me to go long term, right? That's yeah, how I long-term. I think, right? The darn the, the car parks itself. You're I either like moving. You're either in your autonomous vehicle that yes has a parking spot. It won't go to that parking spot till it goes through kind of your valet hub. Uh, Because if you're not in your own vehicle, 
you're in some mode of transportation, some modality, could be Uber ride hail service that will enter into a mobile hub. Philosophically, uh, you know, parking future state is not bound to the stripes on the lot, right? It's 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 right. yield man inventory that has other ancillary services. It could be charging stations. It could be mm. services that in a corp in a downtown CBD corporate site. It could be dry cleaning services. Maybe your Amazon packages are are Put delivered in, in your trunk, right? Um, wow. But but nonetheless, this connected world in ultimately frictionless, uh, whether that's upon entry or even throughout the venue. So I'm gonna go inside the venue. It, it's grab and goes, right? Um, the, the, right? The interior of the venue is completely transformed. The fan base today is changing quickly, right? And that's the, yes. that's that's what's driving the venue to understand their ideal client profile because the the individual that has had season tickets for 20 years not the not the individual that's gonna uh be coming in their venue in the next five years right right so to that point the individual had 81 seats in a baseball 41 at a in a mlb or a nhl respectively 16 for a for an nfl right i'm right. saying the same seat the new fan doesn't want that same seat they want flexibility and maybe they want to sit in the 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 premium. Let's call it you know Club lower seat. bowl. Yeah, right. twenty to twenty twenty five percent of the time. The other twenty five percent of the time, or fifty percent of the time, they want to be with their friends, not listen, not watching the game, being a part of the energy that is being created while at the game in the in the club. That's you know, yeah, the open air club. The yeah. Completely right, and then and then the other twenty five or fifty percent of the time, whatever that might be, they 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 do want they want to be entertaining their fan their their fans their friends or their family or or, or clients, or clients yeah. right? right or something. And, and this is an intimate box setting, something five to twenty as we kind of see today, but but more movable, more more um uh not not as permanent in nature, I guess. Right. And the, and the premium choices can differ as well, right? The food and drink, what, what do you want to purchase? Do you want bottle service? Do you want a buffet? Do you want, you know, just hot dogs and, and chips? Um, I, I completely agree with you, but in the past, as we know, stadiums were not set up for this kind of flexibility, but when you, it strikes me when you introduce more digital and almost like, you know, just depending on what's, you know, what you pick on your phone in your profile and you go to a different area of the stadium, it's like, yes, come in here. No, you not today, you know, but yes, you're, you're coming here. I mean that, wow. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a really interesting future. It's one I'd really like to see because to me, some, you're just describing some of the biggest problems of, you know, do I buy season tickets? Am I going to sit in the same place for yeah. X you, amount you, of games? It's not, it, it doesn't it, have it, an it, appeal. It, it, it it's it's going to completely uh it's it, and again this isn't this isn't a 2022 2023 i'm 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 telling you what kind of 2025 to 30 looks like right both oh, yeah. the parking yeah. is a in venue experience right and yeah. and i would just in, you know to that exact point like go look what disney has been able to do from from that like it's, ah, it's the magic you can't use magic band but but you sure can use all the intelligence of this thing right oh yeah from a from a payments access control, you know, understanding the the fan journey, customer journey, and 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 be able to blow out those walls or blow out that seat section, platform it, make it that fungibility of the venue 
Um, it does. It does exist today. I mean, and you're seeing the new venues you mentioned, SoFi right. and and um, uh, UBS. Like these were built with that lens in mind, Remarkable. where it has flexibility. You've got the the YouTube or YouTube uh, theater. theater that's that's part of SoFi. Like that 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 activation can live on its own or live in conjunction with whatever entertainment's going on on the field. And, and, and just what a perfect you know, harmony uh, of yeah. that happening. I, I have to laugh because you said Disney and you started talking about things. And all I can think about was I'm old enough to remember the little ticket books. And you say something about, you know, you say to a kid now, you know, that was an e-ticket ride. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? what, what, what yeah. is, it's an e-ticket. Those are the big ones. Space Mountain, the Matterhorn. You know, you want to go on Mr. Toad's right here, have all my A tickets. <laughs> yeah. It, Disney's so, magic. Just, no, I mean, so, what they've been able to do yeah. in removing all that friction and allow you to move around their property and understand contextually who you are, where you are, and what your likes are. Example, I've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, right? Um, two boys go to Disney and, and like, how magical is it for them oh, uh, so to be approached by Mickey Mouse himself, call them by their name, shake their hand, ask them how they how the ride they just completed was like, that like blows their mind. Well, it blows their mind. Not that I uh the, and you don't my, have to walk all the way from Tomorrowland to yeah. Fantasyland to find out that the line is forty five minutes for it's a small no. world and it's all there. Like, like, so that, that's kind of stuff that wait time's doing too, right? Like yeah, yes, like it it, it is a world of connected things. Um, and uh, open standards and circulating information and data to benefit us as fans or the consumers um, and ultimately uh, increasing our, our experience through satisfaction. That's fantastic. So um, I, I just kind of like to wrap up with just, you know, I, I think it's clear to tell, and, and, you know, we've, we've talked on the phone enough uh, for me to know, you know, you're, you seem really excited. You seem really invigorated. This is like, it's almost like a new life or a life injection, but I mean, you seem really confident and poised too, that, you know, there's opportunity out there and still doing interesting things, right? It's still, it seems like it's still fun for you to do, which I think is important. Yeah. Again, service destinations and parking. And, and I believe firmly we've got the, the right to win to go wide within parking and deep within our client base uh, and provide products and tools that drive, again, operational efficiency, which ultimately uh, means increased revenue and from a, and, and increased fan guest satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I think the disruption that has occurred that I've been a part of witnessed both on the on the technology side, operational side, as well as fan side. I mean, I think we, we've kind of just got started. That's great. Well, we're excited for this to happen. It'll be exciting to watch and see what happens. Thank you. will be generating news for our pages and for our readers. I mean, I, I think this is a great topic and I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. And like I said, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. So, Thank you, Paul. My pleasure. Thanks, George. This has been the Stadium Tech Report podcast. Our guest today, George Baker Sr. from Park Hub. Thanks, George, again for joining us. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe through Google. You can come to our website and sign up for our email, and you will never miss an episode of the Stadium Tech Report podcast. I'm Paul Kapuska, editor of the Stadium Tech Report, saying thanks for listening, and see you next time.
We'd like to take a quick moment to thank the sponsors of Stadium Tech Report, whose support enables us to continue our efforts to bring our objective, unbiased, and unpaid for content to the Stadium Technology Marketplace. Our supporters include our co-producing sponsor, AmpThink, our survey sponsor, Verizon, our podcast title sponsors, Xtonet Systems and Matsing, and our publication sponsors, which include American Tower, Cox Business Hospitality Network, and Boingo. The Stadium Tech Report podcast is brought to you by Stadium Tech Report, the go-to publication for stadium technology news, analysis, and commentary. Technical production for the Stadium Tech Report podcast is led by creative director Dan Grimsley and digital designer Jackie Wen. Web and design work is by David Farris and John David. All contents of the Stadium Tech Report podcast are copyright Stadium Tech Report. Audio, video, and print content may not be reused without the express written consent of Stadium Tech Report.